Welcome to the Kinjas Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the f*** we want. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Kinjas Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. Folks, we made it to 100 episodes. This is the 100th episode of the Kinjas Podcast. Before I move on to anything, I just want to take a moment to thank each and every one of you who have been listening since day one. I know exactly who you guys are. You guys have been shooting up the DMs with the screenshots, with the things that you guys have been learning, the things that you have appreciated. Um, You guys have been writing reviews, leaving us ratings, all of which have been super helpful to help us improve our podcast to letting us know what you guys are learning, to what is valuable to you guys, what you guys find find to just be entertaining and helpful to you guys. And that's literally exactly the only reason why we even do this, why we did it in the first place and why we're still doing it today. So I just want to take some time to just say thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, we're still here. We're still moving. And uh, in the light of all things in the world right now 2020 we are still in the middle of a pandemic and uh within the past month and a half or so due to the the civil injustices and things regarding uh race systemic racism and um just so many things happening and we know that 2020 is just giving us one thing after another and it has come to a point where these things um, they, they can't be ignored and, and for why they have been ignored up until now or to whatever degree that they haven't been brought to light as they have been brought to light in the past month and a half or so. We don't know. But what we do know is we're here now and uh, we do have um, a voice. We have a platform. And that's exactly um, ex- exactly why we want to continue to put out um, our voices. And um, this episode in particular Um, is a part one of a three-part series on allyship. And um, this first episode is uh, just a roundtable discussion within the Kinja's Brotherhood. And uh, we address certain topics that have um, been brought up specific to um, our community. Well, maybe not just our community, but um, things such as the term urban as it's been um, brought to light within even the music industry and and within our dance industry and so we get into the the ideology or, or maybe more so the reason why we decided to remove that term from uh, the way that we describe our community and what it is that we do so um, I will let you guys get into that as we as you guys listen to the episode but Bigger than just that topic, it's more of our personal understanding for ourselves as Kinjas, predominantly being a front-facing-wise, a predominantly AAPI uh, sort of community of of dancers that have uh, essentially built our our platform and our, our business off of Black culture. And so with within that vein, we wanted to take some time to unpack some of the things that um, we have uh, grown up to, to think. And also, especially now, um, how we are learning new new ways of thinking and um, even being able to address the fact that we need to maybe personally dismantle some of the, the ways of thinking that we 
kind of grew up with. So this is a very open conversation. We went on IG Live. We wanted to invite um, you all, the, the, the people out there that um, follow us and that may be looking for Kinjas to speak on this topic. And so this is a very raw discussion. Uh, none of it is rehearsed. It was just all of us got together and we decided to just let it, let it go. And, and we just kind of had some topics that we kind of wanted to use to guide our conversation. But the topic uh, or the conversations itself um, are very real. And, um, and we wanted it to be that. We wanted it to be very unrehearsed and vulnerable because we are learning. And we know so many people out there right now are learning things for the very first time. And we wanted to just invite you guys into our space as we are trying to stay um, students to what is happening in the world and, and what has been happening and how we can speak into those things and what we can do ourselves as uh, individuals and as an organization and hopefully to uh, maybe shed some light for those who may also kind of be in that space of not knowing how to function during these times so this is a part one of a three-part series so the next couple of ones we're going to get into a little bit deeper on some more practical steps and things that we can do um, uh, both for ourselves internally as well as what we can do on the very ground level in making these changes in what we believe in. Um, I had a very great time with this one. Uh, it did a lot for me personally. I think within the Kinjas, I saw a lot that happened. We even stayed after we ended the IG Live for an additional two hours or so to just continue to unpack these things. So um, this is a very, very special episode and I think it's very fitting. We we had no idea that the 100th episode would land on a, a topic such as this, but I think it's very real, very applicable, and very uh, valuable to ourselves. Hopefully, it will be valuable to you guys listening. Um, I think that's about it. Let's just jump into it. Welcome to a special episode of the Kinjas Podcast. We're obviously live right now on Instagram. Uh, this just so happens to be the 100th episode of the Kinjas Podcast, and... Um, yeah, we're celebrating that, but, uh, you know, in light of the, the recent, uh, in the past, especially in the month and a half or so, um, in light of the uh, civil injustices and the things that are going on um, in our nation that have obviously been going on for a really, really, really long time, uh, we wanted to address um, a lot of, uh, there's so many topics to address, but we feel, um, as Kinjas, uh, obviously from a front-facing view, we are predominantly AAPI, Asian American Pacific Islander, dominant crew. Uh, we obviously have built a brand and a culture and a business um, essentially off of uh, black culture. And so uh, us having this platform and a voice, we wanted to just have an internal discussion within the Kinja's Brotherhood um, about what a lot of those things mean, in particular to focus on the concept of allyship and how we can be better allies to our black brothers and sisters. Um, I have my homie Jason Bueno, who is going to help co-facilitate uh, our discussion tonight. And uh, we know that there's a lot to get into. Sorry, we know we're live. We're not gonna be able to take um, questions off the live feed. Um, but if you guys uh, are wondering, and if you're having trouble listening to the audio here, this audio is gonna go on the Kinja's podcast platform um, on this week, Friday. So if you miss the audio, if it's weird here, you can catch the audio on Friday. Um, but cool, we just wanted to roll right into some topics. Um, understanding 
Um, even within the past week, uh, we as an organization here, along with a lot of the community leaders within the dance community, have had many, many, many discussions about the term urban in urban dance and why we decided to drop that, uh, that word out of what we describe and what we do. And uh, we're not going to get into what the definition is or what it's going to change into because, to be honest, we're not there yet. We haven't, uh, I don't think, um, the, the, there's so many discussions that still need to be had, so many people that need to be involved. But what this discussion is going to be more so touching on the fact that we drop that term because it is an offensive term and it should kind of end with that sort of statement. We know we want to unpack that a little bit. So just to kind of start things off, um, yeah, like if anybody has thoughts in terms of, uh, I think more so the reactions. I mean, we posted something on the Instagram and, uh, you know, we, we are reading through a lot of the comments and there's a lot of, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of half and half, right? Some people are, are appreciative and understanding and others are uh, not so much. And uh, we kind of wanted to address those who have maybe that issue with it not being, for whatever reason, okay to be dropped. So um, let's kind of start like just the discussion with that one, whoever wants to go for it. What's up, everybody? Um, I just also want to clarify, like first and foremost, um, full transparency, like none of us are activists. And I, want, I say that out of uh, respect to so many people who like have dedicated their whole lives to putting in the work. And so again, this is a conversation and in full um, intention of growth with vulnerability. This is us just like having this conversation with y'all um, in this socially distanced kind of manner. I know this is kind of um, a little bit strange, but it is what it is, it's strange times. And so I also wanna just clarify that as well. We are at the end of the day, a group of artists with uh, um, hopefully, you know, to what we're aware of, having good intentions. Um, but yeah, we, we also want to respect the, the work that uh, so many activists have been doing uh, and community leaders. That being said, um, straight up, uh, I also feel like this conversation is going to transcend um, the urban dance topic as well. This is definitely about allyship. And so like first and foremost, or I guess second, uh, would be uh, the term urban dance for us and this conversation that has uh, arisen this week really stems from, uh, again, as I said in our statement, like the racial implications and the offensiveness that it has, like that's something that we came to an understanding of this week. And um, that is at the forefront of why we made that decision, why we felt that there's a time sensitivity to that and how we have to act immediately. There's certain things that take a lot of patience um, and like careful action and certain moves that can be made immediately. We felt like that was a move that can be made immediately in terms of what happens and the, the further dance ideology conversation that exists around urban dance is something that needs more time, patience, and is gonna be an everlasting conversation. But when it comes to racial implications and offensiveness, that's something that we can abolish immediately, no problem. I don't know why it's getting so serious. I, just yeah. like so I know. Much, like, it's like heavy, it's heavy out of nowhere, but no, I, yeah, I feel that. Um, I totally agree, I think, with that as well, because, um, you know, as we stated in our statement, if, if something is considered to be offensive to some, it should be offensive to all. And especially 
when the party that it is offensive to, um, we don't we don't sit in that party, you know. And so I think out of uh, I think the intention or or like um, the 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 reason why I don't know. I personally feel that uh, we should be so easy to let something go. It's like if I want to show empathy to somebody that. I have no idea what you've been through, but you're telling me that this is something that um, hurts you. I shouldn't question like, well, I don't feel like it hurts because you know I've experienced X, Y, or Z. Like, no, to show empathy is like, dude, you're totally right. I'm listening. Let me just make sure I stop doing something that hurts you, right? So, I, I totally vibe with that for sure. Looks like Ant has the mic though. Oh, word. <laughs> Wants it. If it's okay, let's also kind of address to where ever since we made that post, right, there's been some varied reactions. Uh, is there anyone that can maybe speak to what that reflects? Especially the kind of reactions that are pretty strong of like, no, we don't want to take away this word and really aren't seeing certain things that, again, what we're trying to really kind of be in dialogue about. I just, um, for example, when I was uh, speaking to, and I hope you guys can hear me, when I was speaking to, you know, uh, partners over in China, they were, you know, we partnered with them to create the Kinjis Dojo over in China and also the arena dance competition, which was the urban dance competition, which we also had to like totally do a whole rebranding and like things that we had understood before. We were just trying to relearn everything and, and, and make changes that were respectful, you know what I mean, to everything that we have been just, I guess, uncovering uh, about even our own privilege and whatnot. And uh, when I was hearing from their point of view, even though they were super supportive, they're like, absolutely, whatever you guys believe and feel, we, you know, we follow. But they didn't actually have an understanding how urban as a term was actually racial and how actually applied to their own community. Cause like, for example, once that same flyer, that same poster was kind of circulated in other countries that don't, for whatever reason, have the same kind of racial relationship at all, or, or even have as many like, you know, um, people of color in their country on a day-to-day -day basis, they didn't really associate it with. So it was just a very confusing, like I had no idea that this word or this term had anything to do with race at all. And um, I, I, I guess I understand the same feeling because I also too had no idea. And when it, when it hit us, I felt so like, I felt so bad. I felt apologetic for being, you know, a group that was potentially in any way, shape or form kind of harboring uh, something that was considered insulting or offensive um, but also just, I guess, recognizing that, like, if I felt bad and I even live in this country amongst black brothers and sisters, people elsewhere maybe truly have no idea. And I think that confusion or that, like, um, I don't even want to say ignorance because that, that seems more difficult to solve sometimes. People really just aren't even around that, that thought. So I guess I myself am seeking clearer understanding, you know, from, um, from people that do find that term more offensive in that way to kind of help paint that picture for everybody who, yes, I, I, I totally believe you and concur with you that like, if it's racial, it needs to be abolished, hands down, no question, you know, but 
at the same time, like we need to educate myself included and everybody else why that is in order for those reactions to like have more merit, if you will. Good point, thanks Anthony. I think what I'm also hearing from what you're saying, and this is important for all of us to acknowledge and for any of those that are, are watching, listening, is to really kind of be able to understand and check our own privilege, you know? It took a long time, uh, more ways than one why this hadn't been addressed sooner, you know? And I think that's the part where we have to kind of start with, and it's, it's really difficult, right? Just even being here and, and being willing to be seen, let alone be heard, sharing our thoughts, because there's a part of us that don't want to make mistakes. We want to make sure that we're on the right side, so to speak. Um, so this is really important for us just being here to just kind of have this uncomfortable kind of conversation um, because this is what's really what's needed. And I think it's also important that for any of us that are going to continue speaking for tonight, we have to also acknowledge that we're going to make mistakes. And as much as we don't want to make mistakes, um, I know for myself, making mistakes helps me grow. So we have to be fearless in that sense of like being able to be willing to admit that I'm going to make mistakes right now, moving forward. And to have these kind of difficult conversations is going to be part of that. So, does anyone else want to speak uh, and add on to what Anthony maybe shared? Um, I think in, in, in when we're talking about like feeling uh, that you're mistaken, you know, I feel like I've, whenever I have the conversation, uh, I felt very uncomfortable too. And I think the one thing that I had to really uh, kind of face was that, you know, that I, I made a mistake about using the term, even though, uh, you know, it's how controversial it is now, but I, I Instead of me trying to explain why I chose to use the word, it is also just like a different way of explaining myself when in clear facts, it's like kind of wrong to use it. So I think what I'm trying to say is that even though uh, I'm, I'm someone that has used it, but I see it now as it being like really offensive and I'm not scared to say that I made a mistake, you know? And I think that's uh, the beginning of the process of, of healing in terms of uh, this word. So that's what I wanted to say. It's good, it's good. Uh, before we move on from, I don't wanna like, if anyone else has someone they wanna add to this. Um, again, this, this conversation's not about the urban dance term, but obviously we did put out a statement as Kinja's, and, and, and to make it clear also, we're not making ourselves the authority to be like, oh, well, now we're changing it and we're, the we're not the ones making this call. They're, we're consulting with as many people. And again, the reason why we can't speak definitively on this is because there is no definitive um, anything yet. You know, again, there are so many more conversations that we all, uh, you know, need to have, have other people um, inject their, their thoughts into this. Um, but yeah, before we move on from it, is there anybody else that wants to speak from it or speak on it? Phil Garvin. Um, so obviously, I look a little different from the rest <laughs> of the Kinjas, right? Um, and this is just kind of a way to 
this might not be the best way to explain it, but a way to kind of help you understand why the term urban is offensive. Um, and it's to say like, my art has a name, right? Like, um, if I'm, you know, dancing or singing, painting, whatever it is, like, there's a, there's a proper label for that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and for you to group what I do into one term because it suits your palate better is unbelievably offensive. Like, um, and like, it's, I don't know if even fair is the right way to put it, but it's like, why can there be contemporary and modern and jazz? And when I tell you my art is hip hop, you go, ah, that's, mm, we're gonna call it urban. So it fits into this better. It's more marketable amongst my demographic. But like, this is my art. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, so for the people that are, for the people that are responding with the, well, what do we call it now? And like, stuff like that. Like, the short answer is like, I don't care what you call it. <laughs> and like, <laughs> like, call it what it is, call it hip hop. Call it popping, call it a mix of styles, like, like, like treat it right. You know what I'm saying? Treat it the same way that I would treat it. Or, um, yeah, so, so it's, it's less about the term and more about people's response to being told not to use it. And, to that, I say, like, my art has a name, and it's not urban. Thank you, Phil. Appreciate that. Yeah. We're doing gloved snaps, you guys. Um, anybody else want to speak on to that before we uh, kind of shift to the next topic? Cool. Uh, I have a question. Okay. Not to drag out this, uh, this topic. Um, but in my own analysis of like watching all the comments and, and being surprised, honestly being surprised at how many of um, dancers within our community or people who are supporters, I would say, uh, that don't want to change the name urban um, or anything of that nature. Uh, you know, I'm trying to understand like where is this coming from, right? And uh, not to say they deserve that empathy in that way, but, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to like peel the layers of, even with the term urban, um, and I, I guess I'm also asking you, Phil, because I guess, oh, I guess this, <laughs> this is the conversation, and I have a genuine curiosity, but uh, in my understanding of the offensiveness of urban, like, uh, I'm under the impression um, 
that it has like this systemic racism undertone as well. And I think, and I'm under the impression that the depth of that is, is what uh, also makes it off an offensive term. And I think that uh, in most of the comments that I see, and especially with uh, international dancers, um, it's this uh, kind of what Ant had touched on too, especially like in China or countries where you're so far from it. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, there's so, it seems as though there's a lot of people that are so um, confused by how it's offensive because they find it that like a lot of their friends don't find it offensive. And honestly, like I've heard a lot of people say it's not offensive. A lot of my black friends have also said like, I personally don't think it's offensive, but I know that other people do. And my point in bringing this up, and I guess my question to you is like, um, like, is it true that it's, it's also like the systemic term? And the reason why I'm asking you isn't because like, just to justify that it's offensive, but I think it's also like an interesting conversation to have to help our supporters understand that it's, maybe you don't know someone that is offended by this word, but like it goes deeper to this, this other awakening that is like happening in America right now, where it, it's a lot of like curtains are being pulled to this, this understanding of like how deep it goes systemically. And so when things can bring that up, and maybe it's not as widespread as offensive of a term than a lot of people were aware of, the systemic nature of it is, is so, uh, it's fucking shocking to hear about, like to, to learn more about, you know what I mean? Um, and so uh, through learning about it right now, I guess that's my, um, I don't know, I wanna like ink see your thoughts on that, you know what I mean? And also, again, back to my, my simple question is like, is urban like the main offensive thing about it? It's systemic nature and like the undertones it has that uh, relates to that. <laughs> uh, short answer is yes, right? So, um, I won't go too deep into it because honestly, I feel like this is a good opportunity to challenge you guys to go do the research and, and read and you know what I mean? Like look up articles and, and read books and things that, that have that information available. Um, but that term urban, if it's, it's, it's used to describe black and brown communities, right? So, um, your, your, this, this word is representative of a people, right? But, um, I don't know, I guess the closest, and we tried to like, I don't know, relate it in this way, right, is if I referred to uh, the AAPI community, for instance, as oriental, right? Ori uh, oriental is a, is a word that was used like it's a thing, right? But to take all of Asian people and group them into that word, like that's offensive, right? Because it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm Korean or I'm Chinese or I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you, man, um, you kind of, you're kind of taking away like people's humanity. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, 
and th and that kind of to me is what what urban does it 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 takes away the 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 humanity of a population and and just just so it can be palatable to another um it's a good point if i could add to that phil i think um you know it, it carries this negative connotation it's derogatory and if you know, I'm not a sociologist, I'm not a historian, but to my knowledge and what I've been shared, even most recently from uh, Monsell Durden, you know, when you think about urban, uh, how it's kind of a coded language to denote the inner cities, which consisted primarily of people of color, um, especially black communities. And decades ago, there was this notion of white flight, everyone leaving to the suburbs, suburban, and so to use the word urban was to kind of like separate oneself from that. And so when we think about it now in the terms of when we think about how so many people are now going back to the cities, and there's a lot of gentrification happening, you know, using the term urban now is flipped in which non-black communities are able to use that word in such a way where it's like, no, nah, now it's cool to be called urban. Whereas in the past, it carried some long, long histories of uh, racial discrimination. And so these are the parts, that, especially with across different institutions, it's now seeped into uh, the dance world, dance industry, you know. Um, whereas in other institutions, it's been, part, it's been prevalent uh, for a very, very long time. And so now everything that's kind of coming out in, in the world and, 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 on, and then through the media, now people are trying to connect more of the dots. And that's why it's really important we're addressing this so that we can raise our own self-awareness of like the long historical kind of implications. I hope I did it justice, but again, I, I agree with Phil to you know, challenge yourself to educate. I'm still learning too. Yeah, and you know, again, we're not trying to um uh, move on from this because, uh, you know, it's uncomfortable. Again, like, we're, we're trying to pack, again, we have an hour on this IG Live, so, you know, we have other things I want to talk about. But it's also because, as Phil had, had mentioned, too, um, it is our all, all of our own individual responsibilities to um, educate ourselves and to do the research. And, um, and, and part of this, the, the broad topic of allyship that we're all trying to understand of how to um, first of all, define what that means and then, um, and then how to practice that. Um, I'm just going to read some definitions. This is straight out of the Oxford Dictionary. So to be an ally um, is it's a state of or formally cooperating with another for a military or other purpose. And allyship in a social context, this comes from a, I found this cool website. It's called guidetoallyship.com. It gives some pretty like practical uh, ways to be an ally. Six practical little things. Uh, I'm just going to read them. Uh, number one, take on the struggle as your own. Number two, stand up even when you feel scared. Number three, transfer the benefits of your privilege to those who lack it. Number four, acknowledge that even though you feel pain, the conversation is not about you. Number five, be willing to own your mistakes and decenter yourself. Number six, Understand that your education is up to you and no one else. And, um, you know, we, we had mentioned uh, the word privilege. Um, even this conversation, 
is uh, a privilege that we have to be able to like give mind to it. And I say we as in predominantly who Kinjas is on a front facing, like what it looks like to the public uh, or, you know, to viewers and stuff. And um, I think that term privilege, uh, you know, again, there's, we want to make sure we, we understand what we're talking about here. Um, there's a great website, tolerance.org, I would say, I recommend that there's a lot of these terms that are, are being thrown around a lot, especially within the, the recent times. Um, yeah, like, go educate yourself on the terms so we know what we're talking about, but I think for us here, want to talk about, uh, you know, the privilege that um, we have as uh, primarily uh, AAPI uh, folks here, and, um, you know, there terms like the model minority myth, um, things like being quote unquote white adjacent, um, things of that nature. Um, you know, I think for myself personally, uh, having first generation immigrant parents who immigrated here from Korea, um, they, they came into the United States in pursuit of this American dream, you know, the, the, the dream to make it in a country to give a better life for their children and, you know, in the 70s when they immigrated here, you know, obviously they, they come in to think I need to make it, meaning I need to like, I need to get into the system and I just need to not cause ripples and I just need to make my, make my way and make a way for my kids. And without them obviously even on a, even on a conscious level, uh, buying into what they felt like it was the acceptable way. And, um, you know, for even, you know, my parents to kind of say that like, to be accepted amongst white people is kind of the goal, you know? And so that term white adjacent is to kind of be like siding with, um, you know, the white majority so that we can be accepted and, and, and continue to live in this place and all of that. And for me to have grown up with like that, um, it's not like white people are the friends and everyone else is the enemy. It wasn't spelled out like that. It's just kind of, the language, the, the tendencies, the encouragements, the discouragements, you know, and, um, and, and you, you don't realize what's kind of being uh, ingrained into you as you're growing up. But like, I see these things, uh, you know, obviously as you get older, you, you, you live your life, you see things from your own lens and you learn from it. But um, even for myself, like having to like go deep inside and like, dang, I need, I need to dismantle a lot of things that um, may have even just been ingrained within me without me recognizing it as that being problematic, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, that's kind of just like my personal sort of experience, um, if anyone wants to speak to that. Want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Meister Watches. They are truly masters of their craft, from quality materials and masterful timepieces to functional lifestyle accessories for the movers and shakers of the worlds they collide with, Meister is doing it. They've collaborated with some of the biggest brands in sports, music, comic book, car culture, and pop culture. We've actually had the pleasure of collaborating with them on a timepiece a few years back. I rock their ambassador watch. This one's my everyday watch. This one's my favorite. They are for our culture and for those that are on a constant mission to master their craft. Hop on to mstrwatches.com and pop in the discount code KINJASPOD to receive 25% off your entire purchase at checkout. And this discount is exclusive to the Kinjas podcast. You won't find this discount anywhere. Hop on to mstrwatches.com and rock with the illest.
This show is officially brought to you by Kinesthetic. Hop on the store.kinjas.com and plug in the promo code podcast spelled with the K at checkout to get 15% off your entire purchase. We're always trying to bring you guys the illest gear for all your movement in the shadows needs. Follow us on Instagram at kin.aesthetic. Like us on Facebook at Kinesthetic Brand. Arnell. Um, I, the, the topic of privilege has like come up a lot, you know, um, and like some of the other discussions I've uh, participated in, like especially with like the collegiate <laughs> dance scene, um, getting a lot of questions about even like why is most of that collegiate scene Asian? You know, why? And I know part of that is because a lot of these groups were like, you know, created from, you know, in, from um, Filipino clubs and then later the you know Chinese associations and but then I think about it too is like when we recruit you know for auditions or we publicize we're publicizing on Ring Road you know in in the park on campus we're not soliciting specifically just the Asian clubs and so I was like hmm you know like as I'm participating in these discussion why is that like why is it still so Asian and then as I'm like having conversations with like friends and researching more, it's like, I realize when I went to UCI, I only had, saw eight black people my entire college career. And now I think about like, wow, this is like goes back to systemic racism and the fact that we don't have enough black people in our colleges. They didn't get a fair shake in, in the history books and they weren't given the opportunities and the ratios are completely off. And there's like something wrong for so, so, so long. And, and the problem isn't necessarily about where we're holding auditions or who we're publicizing to. The problem is also why have the systems been wrong for so long that there isn't enough diversity in the spaces that we occupy. And so it's really like challenged me to think about like in the spaces I exist and I work in and things that I organize or I contribute to, um, where my accountability lies in doing what I can to be part of that change that this, uh, this systemic racism has built, you know? And like, I'm just like, I have a heightened awareness of like, wow, things that I wanna commit to and, you know, areas I wanna grow in, even within my specific cir circles and spheres. And I also think about allyship being there's performative allyship and then there's genuine allyship and i feel like genuine allyship are those things you mentioned ben earlier of you know being willing to have those tough conversations you know with it, whether it's with friends or or people in the community or your family you know and being open to change and open to having those painful growing moments and receiving feedback and being corrected and making mistakes. And, um, and then there's performative where it's for show. You know what I mean? You're doing it because you're following this wave. You know what I mean? But you're really defensive if someone calls you out. You know what I mean? And I'm just, and I think it comes down to this accountability. Like that kind of draws a line for me. It's like everyone's reposting pictures, everyone's like sharing articles and, and things like that. But I feel like where we draw the line is accountability. Like, 
If I'm really a, trying to be a genuine ally, I'm going to do the work and be willing to admit, like you said, make mistakes and, and learn and grow from it and look within, not just externally at what needs to happen. Um, and am I going to also hold myself accountable to make sure that I'm not just reposting because it's like for show or because it's, it's the perceived right thing to do, you know? Um, so that's kind of where I like think when I think about privilege and like systems and not being aware um, and where I think people can relate to that too, I think, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I just wanted to show that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love that. Uh, I think Ace, Ace wants to add to that. Let's get it, Ace. Oh, man. What's up, guys? Hi, world. Um, I have so many thoughts, and I know we have a limited amount of time. So I will try and just speak on... Man, it's a lot. So privilege for me is... literally being able to walk away from a, a human rights uh, crisis and be okay. I'm good. I can walk away and ignore it and not post anything. And I'm good because I'm white. And as you were just saying, Arno, the mindset is the number one thing that we need to start doing and need to start working on and changing. And the reason that all of us have been feeling this pain, something that Phil Garvin has been feeling his entire life, I don't mean to speak for you, um, is that it's in our face right now. And that's a painful thing, but it's a... I, I don't... I, sell, I, 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 don't, I don't even want to use the word happy. Um, I'm... I don't want to say I'm glad either, but it is, a, it, is, it is necessary for it to be in our face all the time um, because then we can't walk away from it. I can't walk away from it. can't park it. And um, You know, Phil, Phil shared something with me about um, a trip he had to Italy. May I, may, I, may I? And he met a gentleman, didn't speak English. And, and correct me if I, if I messed this, this shit up, but um, he said, were you looking for directions? Was that it? It, it? it really doesn't matter. The point is you had an interaction with this man, right? <laughs> and he didn't speak English. And, and he said, you know, you and me were like, we're like the same. We have the same struggle. He was a Jewish man, and he had, well, he had survived the Holocaust. Was that, the, that was the deal, right? We had the same struggle. I'm a Jewish American. I was raised Jewish. And I was taught this from the time I was a kid. And I'm bringing this up because there is a mindset that even with that, I know I can hide it. You look at me, you say, oh, it's a white boy. You ain't got shit to worry about. I can take my Jewish star and put it, put it away. Not if you're African-American. And I recognize that, but I'm bringing this up because <laughs> I'm relating it back to the mindset. And if the mindset isn't 
is an understanding how deep-rooted the struggle is, then you also get, like, you know, in line with everybody saying here, you get the reaction that you get when someone says, yo, we got to get rid of this Confederate flag. We got to get rid of this term, urban. We are literally in the middle of a, an incredible next wave of the civil rights movement. This is incredible. And so that's why all those things, it's a part of the dismantling process. So I know I'm tying in urban again, but, but the thing that upset me the most was, was the reactions, like, like Phil was saying. And I just want to get perspective on this, okay? Just, just a little, maybe shift the lens a little, because it does help, I think, the mindset. And it does make, it does help, I think, me understand why we're all feeling pain in these last few weeks and, and guilt. And we're struggling with how we're going to be an ally. The, the good thing is that we are feeling that. And that when we look at all these things, we, I got to speak up. Oh, am I? Okay. I'll just unsocial distance myself. Um, oh, yeah, let's do that. Smash, guys. There it is. Um, so, just, just to offer a different lens on, on all of this, this is something I've been thinking about. The, the term urban, for instance, um, let's say it became, I think it was around the 70s when it became a thing. And a thing, by a thing, I mean, I, I mean in the music industry. Um, but in the dance scene, how, how many years are we talking about? Because I don't remember, when I left the dance scene, it had just started becoming a thing. I was still calling my... Like, like so 20 years. 20 years. And so I, I, I understand when people... Um, these cats could be 20 years old, right? Coming up as a 20-year-old, all you've known is urban dance as your identity. So I just want to offer a perspective on the idea that... <clears throat> Most people say that, I'm not a historian either, but 1619, let's say that. Slavery started in 1619 as the first slave ship. Before that, the trade slave, uh, slave trade was happening in the 1500s. And like 10 to 15 million Africans were uprooted and brought to various places. I know we gotta, I know we gotta move. But I wanna offer a perspective of when you're thinking about a label and a mindset and being, a, and being a, an ally, you have to think about and I'm saying it for me, this is for me too. We have to think about the mindset of the African-American and black America and what they think, because we never can be in their shoes, but how deep-rooted this really is. And we're going back to the 1500s, 10 to 15% of those people died. That's two million people. How many of you guys have been to a stadium with 50,000, 100,000 people? That's 100,000 people, you look around, you go, oh my God, that's a shitload of people. Now two million. Six million Jews killed, okay? And, and we're not the only people that have been killed throughout time because of that kind of hate, but it's the same hate. All I'm saying is, go back to the 1500s, 1619, you uprooted, forced a new religion, a new language, a new, a new culture, um, new clothes, you're, you gotta change your hair, you're raped, you're murdered, you're beaten. And the one thing you try and hold on to over 500 years of generation through generation through generation is your identity, your song, and your dance. And that, for me, 
is why when, when people say, man, what are we gonna call it? <laughs> it's laughable. It's laughable. Song and dance is one of the few things black America has held on to. And so to bring it back to privilege, I realize I'm one of the fortunate ones. I grew up around black people. I learned thinking dance is black with some Latino flavor and Afro-Cuban influences, but I learned, and that's just me, but so even knowing that, I didn't fully recognize the privilege it is for me to be able to execute that dance and feel joy from it, right? That's, all, that's why we do it. It's joy. But there's been so much pain to sustain that through that entire journey. Um, and death and losing your identity. And so a lot of young cats, because um, there's, there's plenty of African-Americans, uh, black Americans who, who, who support the urban term. Um, I think they're just too young to really recognize their own history. And the same can be said for a lot of these young cats. So like what Phil was saying, I don't necessarily, the thing that bothers me the most is the reaction. And so I just, I pose this lens shift to the people that are struggling with, with that term and also want to find allyship and want to try and figure out how to change their mindset. Just think about the, how deep-rooted this stuff is. Um, and um, let's begin to educate ourselves from that foundational perspective. Thanks, Ace. Yeah, um, again, you know, we, for the sake of time, we want to kind of keep things moving, but like, um, I, I want to speak just to, uh, to kind of before we transition, like this whole, um, uh, I think what, I, as I talk to a lot of people, I feel it myself. So if I'm feeling it, I have to assume that like I'm not the only one. This, this fear of like making the wrong move, saying the wrong thing, um, I don't want to get canceled, right? And we live in this cancel culture now that like as soon as you put out the wrong type of posts, you get eaten up. I think what we need to do is be, um, not to be like, ignore that, because however that makes you feel is however it makes you feel and it sucks. But I think, um, you know, in, in the spirit of like, learning to be a better ally is really like all, that's why we're doing this, is, is like, this is our attempt, not just today and not just in this, you know, three-part series, but like, let's talk about this and we understand that we have a platform where people um, maybe wondering, like, what do the kinjas really think? What kind of conversation? And, and just to be totally um, very transparent, this is not the first time we've talked. We've been talking, like, you know, a lot. And, and these conversations are happening, you know, on our Zoom calls. But we wanted to open this forum up, um, you know, to, to all of you guys as well, just to let you guys know how we're processing. We're learning. And we, we are making mistakes. And... Uh, new information comes up, oh shoot, okay, cool, got that, moving forward, you know, and I think that's something for myself too, that I need to, um, I need to make sure that if, if the thing that's keeping me from vocalizing is purely the fear of like, I don't want to get called out and be to called out by saying the wrong thing, um, you know, I just encourage you, it's human, it's human to err, you know what I mean, and, and uh, you know, what what I've been also receiving is gentle correction for the sake of, hey, it's all good. This is what it actually is. Um, let's move forward, you know what I'm saying? And so 
Um, you know, in the spirit of that, uh, like, we want to talk about some of the, the next steps, right? Like, so now what, right? We're talking about this term to, to understand what allyship is. Uh, we don't want to just be performative. We don't want to just be like, cool, I reposted this, I donated here, I clicked this one, you know, one click sign petition, I'm good. You know, like these are, these are things that are going to be probably a lifetime uh, thing that we're all going to have to figure out how to make it a part of our regular lives. Um, and, you know, part, I, I think for myself, is like, it's this, it's the, the conversations that are essentially uncomfortable to have, um, those conversations with our parents that are uncomfortable to have, you know, our friends, um, family members. I think it starts there, you know what I mean? Because it's, it, you can't move from something unless you understand what it actually is. And, um, and, and even your own understanding will, um, will mature and, and take better shape when you have more uh, conversations with other people to even understand what, you know, my brother thinks or what, you know, this stranger that I met thinks. And so, um, you know, I think it starts with that, you know, having those uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversations to um, not giving passes, you know what I'm saying? I think that's something that's huge too. And we, we can all get into our friend groups and it's like, oh cool, it's behind closed doors and things that can be said that can be out of pocket, like those things need to be checked, you know what I'm saying? Because I think it's those things that are just constantly just swept under the rug or, you know what I mean? This is a real thing that's affecting the real lives of people, you know, real, real lives of our, our, our black brothers and sisters, um, especially with this topic here. So, you know, I, I personally think from the uncomfortable conversations to, um, you know, yeah, checking what needs to be checked, don't give passes. Uh, that's kind of some stuff that I've just been mulling over. But um, yeah, if, uh, if anyone else has some thoughts in terms of like how we can kind of practically apply as we move forward. I'm here. Who has, the, who has the mic, by the way? Oh, there we go. Um, I would personally just like to hear what everyone's questions are. You know what I mean? I, I feel like for, for myself, um, I'm not coming from a place of like authority at all. And I feel like um, for our supporters as well, I'm aware that Everybody has questions, and I would just love to know, straight up. And in the, the circle energy that we have right now, we're still at the end of the day a group of homies, <laughs> and I feel like so, I don't want to be like preaching to my friends. I just want to know, what questions do y'all have? And like, let's talk about that, you know what I mean? And straight up, like, in all honesty, like, Phil, like, you, like, like, I would love to hear more from you, you know what I mean, in this space. And that's, that's just the God honest truth. I want to know, like, questions from all of us. And, like, Phil, speak, bro. <laughs> and anybody have any questions? I mean, you don't have to if you don't want to, but yeah, we do want to hear. <laughs> we do want to hear what you think, man. Impact. What's good, bro? What's up, y'all? This is Impact. Uh, I don't have a question for Phil. I have a question for me. You know what I mean? Like, I think if anything, it's just like, am I wrong? Right? Am I wrong and during these times? Like, am I wrong not doing too much? Am I wrong because the situation of 
the Asian guy that was the police was Hmong American, right? Because I'm Hmong American, right? So am I wrong? That's my question. Like, am I wrong in certain situations? Am I wrong as being an artist first? Because I'm an artist and if anything, I speak on behalf of, I know for sure a lot of the Kendrick brothers are artists. Um, we're not activists professionally. We're artists, so we, that's something that we come from as artists and we're creators. So um, if anything, that's my question to myself, right? So if anything, um, I'll ask that question to everyone here, right? Which is my brothers, right? Are, are you wrong? Um, and I, when I reflect on that question for myself personally, am I wrong? I look at it and I reflect on my entire life and that my entire life has been based on uh, dance, movement, culture, and that's hip hop as well to even like straight up like the collegian uh, culture to what Kinjas have uh, been birthed from, which is uh, before that was, um, again, yeah, we did call it urban dance, but now uh, again, understanding where urban come from, we're no longer doing that. But the point, there is a difference between that too. So it's kind of like, I understand all cultures and I see the beauty of all greatness of each side and as a person that comes from all that, am I wrong? And I'm looking at it, I'm like, dude, I don't think I'm wrong at all at the moment. And like, I'm doing what I can as a person, as a human, as an artist. And um, yeah, even just, just a, a Hmong American, straight up, you know? And, and bringing back to thinking about and my, um, do I have privilege? Hell no, I don't even think I have as much privilege as my other Asian brothers here, you know what I mean? Reflecting about life in general, you know? I mean, I don't even have a country, you know what I'm saying? So like, if I think about it, for me, privilege is like to have a home, freedom, and peace, you know? And um, so my question is, are you wrong? Are you wrong at what, what the situation is right now, right? I mean. I feel like that's something I don't want to oppose on, not Phil, but if anything, I want to bring that up. But like, are we wrong from doing what we do right now? I don't, genuinely, right? Um, so, um, yeah, I don't know. Just want to, that's my question, if anything. But that question I'm answering myself too, right? So, if anything, I just want to throw that out there, right? Are you, are you wrong from doing what you do right now? Uh, uh, I mean, we're in this moment of the pandemic. Uh, obviously, we know there's situation where just a lot of stuff is happening as well, you know? So, um, you know, I mean, look at this. I can't even hug my friends. I can't even shake my friend's hand. And human touch is so important for us to heal, right? Even dance. And um, for us not to be able to move together for a while has been, honestly, traumatized too. Because like, we're, that's all we know as movers, right? We know how to move. We know how to move to heal. And um, movement heals. And we haven't got a chance to even move to help our, our, our fans support out there. So. If anything, I don't know, are you wrong? I don't know, I'm just asking that. Like, are you wrong in doing what you do as a, just a person first, right? I don't know, right? I don't know, I'm just throwing that out there. That's just my question. I think for me, it's like, um, I think I'm at the stage of like, first of all, like, I, I, a question I want to ask like a lot of people are like what resources and because for me like I don't want to place like Phil's not responsible for my learning you know what I mean he's not he's not responsible for answering all my questions you know and like I think we're responsible for asking and finding resources out there so for me like questions I would ask are like 
you know, what resources or what, what have you learned up to this point that's like been transformative? That's like something I would want to learn and we could learn from each other because certain things resonate from each other that have been transformative and that will help us be better allies. I think that's a question I would ask. Um, another question, I like this, I like what Mike started is like, has anyone talked to their parents yet? Because I know that's a goal for myself and I'm scared of it. Um, but I know it's something that has to happen. And so I'm just curious if any of our other brothers have started those conversations. And of course, we could talk about it after, but that's something that I'm curious about because I, it's something I'm committed to doing, um, but that has many layers to it that I think the support and conversation that everyone has, I think that's gonna be helpful in, in that journey, my personal journey with that, because it's something that is important, but I know so multi-layered and so, um, and I have some fears of it and also just, you know, so those are things I would that I've been on my mind to talk to my brothers about in this moment, at this moment for me personally. So. Those are those are really great questions, uh, Arnell and, and and Impact. And what I'm hearing, what makes me think uh, when you ask that question, even just having the conversations with our family members, I think that's really a important question to ask ourselves in terms of like on this path towards allyship. It's very deeply personal and interpersonal work. And we run the risk of losing close bonds, be it with our family members or our friends or whoever. And that's what makes this work really difficult and also very necessary, lifelong work. Your question impact really hits me hard too because it's like, that's a really important question to ask ourselves. I get this feeling of what's going on, uh, and I'm not excluded that we want to kind of point out that who else is wrong, right? But we have to really kind of ask ourselves that question. And if we are wrong, or if we're right, then what? That leads to more questions. And I think tonight is an example of like, we don't have all the answers, um, I certainly don't, but I think asking more questions is a good start. And I think I know uh, what you shared earlier, Mike, too. You know, want to give Phil an opportunity. But that makes it really difficult, and I think we even talked about it, where it puts Phil in a compromising position. Being the one black member in our crew, right, that he has to speak for us. and almost in some ways exempts us from our own privilege and our own kind of like prejudice and our own kind of anti-blackness that we can carry. And so it's a compromising position because like, yes, we want to amplify black voices and we don't want to make it about ourselves, but we're trying to figure out like how and why is this important to us? Why does this matter to us? And so, again, I'm not putting anything on you because, it, it, again, it's a, it's, a, it's a tough place to be in. Just the fact that you're here, Phil, you know, that says a lot, you know, and I have much love and respect for you for even just being here because it's tough of, like, how we're going to be perceived, how you're going to be perceived, how the general audience is going to take it. But, again, I think it's, it's necessary. We have to be able to face and be willing to have 
and sit in that discomfort and face that whatever kind of backlash or whatever there may be. Because again, why does this matter to us? Yeah. I think we're running a couple minutes. I think maybe we got like one I'll or two minutes. Super quick. Um, I, I think just to riff off of it, as far as like allyship and what we can do, I think consistency, you know, making sure that this is something that just stops now because it's in our faces and it feels good and it's here. It's uh, about the, the incremental relentlessness. You know, a little bit at a time, but keep pushing forward, keep pushing through. Because a lot of times, especially in this time of day, you know, something, I mean, I bet you can't even tell me like the hottest song that came out last year. You know what I mean? It's like things come and go so fast, but with something like this, you know, as an allyship, you want to make sure that you're constantly pushing the bounty, constantly looking to find out what you can learn, having the conversations, you know, because this is something that is just going to go away and it's not something that's just going to, you know, just magically disappear. You know, it's about putting the work consistently and uh, continue to do this. That was all of me. Back over there. Thank you, Jay. No, I appreciate that, man. Uh, again, we're not, we're not trying to cut, the, we'll, we'll probably continue this even after we cut this, but IG Live only gives us about an hour to, to talk. So um, first of all, thank you to my brothers for coming in, and uh, I know we'll, we'll keep this conversation going. But um, you know, thank you guys for tuning in um, to the IG Live. As you, you, know, you already know, this is kind of like a uh, internal family discussion that we wanted to just invite you guys into. But the next uh, two following weeks, uh, we're going to continue this series and we're going to get into some more uh, sort of practical steps of, of what we can do more sort of kind of uh, continue off of this like what now, what's the next steps thing um, is what we're going to continue to talk about in the, the following two episodes. And um, if you guys want to catch the audio to this, it'll be on the streaming podcast platforms this Friday. Um, and uh, we'll probably save this to our IGTV so you can check it out. But again, thank you guys for tuning in. And again, this is a, a constant learning process for all of us. Um, and we, we just want to encourage you guys to learn with us. You know? And we feel like if, if anybody out there digs us for what we do creatively, um, we want to encourage you to, to learn alongside with us because we're all going to be students of this thing. And uh, we're just doing the best that we can. So um, stay safe, guys. Be healthy. Coronavirus is still real. Um, Take care. We'll catch you guys next time. Love y'all. Kinjas, we out. Peace.